Hi everyone, welcome to the Read and Repeat podcast. I'm Taylor, here with my twin sister, Juliana, and today we're going to be talking about I Am Number Four by Pitticus Lore. Um, before we get into it, spoiler warning, we're going to be talking about the book and not pulling any punches as far as, you know, what actually happens in it. So if you haven't read it, now is a good time to pause, go read it, and then come back. Or if you just want to listen to us chat about it without having read it, that's cool. Or if you have read it, great. Um, we'll be interested to know your thoughts too uh, after you hear our conversation. So now I'll turn it over to Juliana for a quick introduction to the book and then we'll get into it. So I Am Number Four by Pitticus Lore, originally published in 2010. It's a young adult fantasy novel that follows uh, the fourth of nine aliens from the planet Lorien who were sent to Earth when they were very young because their planet was overtaken by Magadorians, another alien race. And they have been split up around the globe and are in hiding because the Magadorians are searching for them on Earth. And the uh, obviously from the title, you know, the alien we're following is the fourth of these nine children. Uh, the, the reason that they have numbers is that they can only be killed in order of the numbers. So we open the novel with number three, who is unfortunately murdered brutally. Yeah. <laughs> and then we switch over to number four's perspective and we follow him for the rest of the, the story. Uh, so if I could give a brief synopsis of this, uh, basically we follow four who's going by John Smith, uh, when he... And his Sepan, I think is how it's pronounced. That's how I would pronounce his, it. His guardian, who's, who's not his parent, but his is a guardian who came with him from Lorien. They end up having to leave the Florida Keys, which is their most recent uh, hideout, and make their way to Paradise, Ohio, where John uh, enrolls in school there. Uh, he's 15, so he's a freshman or sophomore. No, he's a sophomore. Sophomore yeah. in high school. And uh, basically, a lot of the story follows him making friends, making enemies, falling in love. Just and then, trying to be a normal high school alien. Yes. And ends with uh, basically death and destruction. Yeah. <laughs> All of those things. Uh, sentence of the book. The prologue part is kind of like, it, the first sentence is, the door starts shaking. And that's also not, uh, that's, that's where we see number three get killed. Um, so that's not the... Uh, really official start to chapter one so the actual first we'll just do like the first three sentences two sentences and a and a word um is in the beginning there were nine of us we left when we were young and almost too young to, almost too young to remember almost so as far as first lines go um it's not the strongest it's fine i've ever read it's fine it does the job but it's not one of those that i feel like there's a lot to pull out of yeah, not a lot to unpack there he kind of goes into uh, what he remembers from the day that he had to leave Lorian, which was, you know, he vaguely remembers his grandmother and she was frantic and then he got on the ship and left and then they arrived on Earth. And so that's, that's he's kind of like setting the scene, but there's not too much of a scene to set at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so let's talk, I guess, first about, um, let's talk about what we 
Let's talk about John, I guess, because yeah, he's okay. our he's our perspective character. So this story is told in first person present tense. Yes, which um, it's an interesting choice. It's an interesting choice. Uh, we could talk a bit more about that choice when we talk about the author yeah. later on. But I will say, first person present tense is probably one of my least favorite tenses. I don't I really have to. a problem with it, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I guess. Yeah, and, and it really will depend on the story, right? And how much you connect with the character. Because when you're first person present tense, you're really like up close and yeah. personal with that perspective. And so if you're not enjoying how the character functions and what they're focusing on and what they're describing to you, then it's it's going to be harder to connect with the story. Yeah, and I, I think character, he's definitely not my favorite. He's a little too teenage boy which i find a little annoying because he's also an alien yeah he grew up most of his life on earth but he's also an alien so you'd think there would be a little bit more of a difference but he's just like a teenage boy who wants to be normal and has crushes on girls that are like way too intense for his age i feel maybe that's the alien part maybe that's what it is i don't know well yeah there's they a little kind bit, of allude to that it, but yeah we can talk about that almost makes it a little bit weirder he's me. i don't to me oh we we didn't do our our whole um, uh, impressions then versus impressions now. Oh, we didn't. Yeah, we just jumped right into it. Oh, we can do that now. Yeah, okay. We haven't gotten too far. No. When I first read this, I don't know. I think I liked it. I read it multiple times, and I feel like I remember it better than like some books I've read. I don't remember how like I don't remember having a really strong feeling of like oh I love this book. I just remember reading it a lot, and I think that was just because it's like kind of it's a long book, but it's a kind of a quick read I feel and I still feel that way Juliana might Juliana might feel differently but um yeah I feel like it's a quick read and I it's engaging enough for me to just like get through it quickly so I I don't I wouldn't say I loved it then I liked it a lot I liked it a lot now too well I, I liked it less probably now but like just because I think I found some of the love story part annoying <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but um yeah honestly I don't have a ton to say about this one as far as that like it it just it was something I liked then I still like it now don't feel strongly either way I how I'm remembering how I liked it way back when uh is probably pretty similar to how you felt about it I think we were reading this probably around when we were sophomores in high school. I guess. Or a little bit younger. A little bit younger. It came out in 2010. So yeah, a little bit younger. But yeah, I I don't know if we read it until there was a movie in the works, which actually I think the movie came out like the the next year. Because I remember reading it right around the time when I heard that there was a movie because I think it got more traction and that's how I heard of it. Unless you were the one who first got it. I feel like I might have... Yeah, well, the movie did come out in 2011, actually, so you yeah, might be right. Yeah, so that, that's, I just feel it's like... It's on Hulu, for those who, uh... Who want to want to watch it. And, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so my memory of it is, basically, yeah, I, re- I remembered the book pretty well. Yeah. I read it definitely more than once, but I'm also not sure why, because I didn't love it. It wasn't a deep connection yeah, for that's, me. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I'm like, why did I read this so much? <laughs> I think one of the things that I remember is that I was reading it when we were in Florida one year, because we, we would go down to Florida a lot for family vacations, and they start off in the Florida Keys. Yeah. And so I felt really immersed in that. I mean, it's not a long stretch that they're in the Florida Keys. No, it's very at beginning. all. 
but then they also take like a road trip up to Ohio and we always drive down to Florida. So I was very much in that mo mode of, you know, driving through states and being in Florida. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess I connected with that. And then also being that I was on vacation while reading it, I guess that was a pleasant atmosphere for me to be yeah, reading in. That makes sense. So I think I kind of attached it to that experience. But I wouldn't say that I really connected deeply with the story or the characters that much. And now reading it, I mean, I, I texted you a couple times about this. I was taking my sweet time getting through this book. I'm in law school reading it on the subway and it took me less time, I think, to finish it. Yeah, I was I didn't dragging, feel that way. I was dragging my feet. It was it's very long for for the story that it is, it's a very long book. Especially it considering that it's the first in a series. You'd think it'd be a little shorter. Right. And and the funny thing is, if I remember correctly, my impression of the later books is that they're they are shorter. They are. I think they are. And less slow. This is a very slow story. I didn't find it slow, actually. Uh, I also found it, might have found it slow because I took my time reading it. So there were, I would come back to it and I'd be like, man, we're still in the middle of this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be that. But I also remember kind of finding it a bit slow when I was younger, too. And I didn't necessarily dislike that. I think this time around, I didn't necessarily dislike it either, but I also didn't enjoy it. I think I find parts of it to be slow, but not overall the feeling of it slow like the book itself i don't feel as slow yeah you know what Just it is different parts maybe so so we can jump back into talking about john yeah which is where we left off so john as a character as we were kind of alluding to is a a little bland yeah a, a little bit and a little bit I, I don't know how i feel about this but remember remember how there was always a, a thing that people said about a lot of young adult protagonists where you're supposed to put yourself in their shoes. So they're supposed to be bland and not, not that they necessarily always are, but that in some stories when you kind of have a character, a main character who's kind of boring, it's because you're supposed to identify with them so you can fill in all the blanks and put yourself into yeah. them. I don't really subscribe to that. I don't really know if I agree with that. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not something that... I, I'm not someone who likes to identify as the character. Yeah. I'm, I like to identify with characters, and I feel like I do that better if they have substance to them. Exactly. Specificity. Yeah. Specificity, specificity, specificity. That, I think, was something we mentioned, actually, in our Beautiful Creatures discussion, our first episode, is that... Even though we didn't necessarily connect deeply with the characters in that story either, there were more things, I think, there that were very specific and that painted a very particular image of who these characters are. And in this, John is so... He's just a white boy in Ohio. Who's <laughs> also an alien, but that gets so lost a little because right. he's just a white boy in Ohio. Like, And that, that's the and thing. And there's nothing wrong with being a white no. boy in Ohio. But like... Any white boys have, out there in Ohio, we have we mean no disrespect. Yeah, because we're sure that you have more substance as a person than this character does. Yeah. Um, but like that—that's what—that's the point. Is like that's his defining qualities are white boy in Ohio, and then also alien. He's really that generic. He's like that Captain America character, and I mean no disrespect to Chris Evans' Captain America. Um, yeah, because be I, I like him. What you say? <laughs> I, I I like him, but but you know that like. He's he's that that guy who's who's clearly meant to be the main hero. Yeah, and type. then like there's not much else. And there's not much else to him. So when we when we first meet him, obviously we mentioned they're in the Florida Keys, and then what happens uh, when another member of their 
their group dies, no matter where they are. None of them have met each other in years because once they got to uh, Earth in their spaceship, uh, they had to split up. So uh, it was one child and one sapien, I think is how you pronounce it, but I'm not sure. I'm really it's sorry. It's a made-up word, so it's okay. Yeah, but, but basically, like, the sapien is their guardian, not related to them, uh, because on Lorien, how their society is divided up is that there are basically superheroes, and there are people who do not have powers. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the superhero people are the ones who develop uh, various different kinds of superpowers at a certain age, and they're called the guard. And then the others are, um, I don't know if the word is, I think Sapen is the name of the role that they take on when they, yeah. when they mentor a member of the guard, but I forget what they're actual, yeah, I don't remember what they're actually called. Um, but basically, um, the Sapen is their guardian, not related to them. Uh, we don't really get too many details on how they get paired up. I don't think there's no details on how they get paired up. Yeah. But John's Sapen we're calling Henry at this point. We don't know any of their... I think it's technically supposed to be Henri. Yeah. Because he's got, like, the Lorian accent, which sounds kind of French. Um, but I will not call him that. I'm only going to call him Henry. Yeah, we're going to call him Henry. Yeah. But it's it's uh, H-E-N-R-I. Yeah. Is how, how they spell it, which would be the French Henri. Yeah. But um, we're going with Henry. Yeah. So so Henry is the name we're calling him, but that's... We're, which I think is what they do in the movie. They just go with Henry. Yeah. 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 We're meant to understand that that's not his original name. We never learn the original Loric name of John. Uh, by the way, John has had many different names. They, they've they moved from place to place. Uh, I think Henry always just keeps the same one because he doesn't have to be in school, I guess. Yeah. The one <laughs> previous to the one he had when he was in, like, before they had to move to Ohio was... Um, Daniel Jones, which I thought was great because yeah. Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the New York Giants. Yeah, we are Giants fans here. And we are Giants fans. So that was very exciting to see that he was Daniel Jones. Um, but then uh, he quickly becomes John Smith and is John Smith for the rest of the movie. I mean, the rest of the book, also the movie. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of disappointing, actually, because like, not that Daniel Jones is that interesting of a name, but I'm also like, John Smith, you didn't already use that one. Isn't that so obvious that this is just a made-up name? That's my thing. Is John Smith like calling yourself John Smith is like calling yourself John Doe or like yeah. whatever? It's it's really so so. I mean, just that's an example of just how bland this character is. Yeah, he, <laughs> and he chose that name for himself. So yeah, there you go. Um, it's really and no disrespect to any John Smiths out there. I feel like we're disrespecting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> we have a lot of Johns in our family. Yeah, no, no John is a fine name. John. Smith is a fine name. But like, if you are trying to blend in somewhere. I don't feel like John Smith is the way to go because it does sound like John Doe. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. And I was very, uh, just, I thought that was kind of lame. So, so we've got John Smith and his, uh, his Sapan Henry, who he refers to as his dad for the sake of other people. Uh, but basically on Lorien, um, they are raised by their grandparents and they have a, a, a Sapan guardian who works with them if they are part of the guard. So if they develop superpowers, their parents are off fighting for the planet. Except we're also meant to understand that they're very peaceful people. Yes. And so they've never really, been attacked before. Yeah, so I don't really get, like, what they're doing. I don't... Yeah, it's not made clear at all. Yeah. And and the thing is, we don't... We, we come to understand that John doesn't really know a lot about his home planet. Yeah. Henry has not really told him... 
Oh, anything. is this why you find Henry so annoying? Yes. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> Henry has not really told anything about his his heritage. And here's the thing: I think we're supposed to understand Lorian. the The crux of this story, I was trying to put my finger on. What is the story really about? You know, because there's the plot of a story, and there's the characters of the story, and then there's the themes, and and what the story is trying to tell you, or even if it's not trying to tell you a certain thing, what is it kind of getting across? Mm-hmm. Because there's always something. There's always some kind of theme going on here um or some kind of purpose and in this case it doesn't seem like a lot of thought went into the it's it's not about the intrigue of aliens it's not about how interesting the loric people are it's not about exploring another culture yeah outside of earth culture it's kind of like it's more it's more character focused really it's more like hey here's this kid and let's explore how he deals with trying to fit in with these, you know, extraterrestrial superpowers as a normal kid, like, and his normal kid feelings. And how does he navigate high school? I'm like, I don't care. Let's get to, I want to find out more about where you came from, dude. Right. But that's not really built up. And and the thing is later books definitely go a little bit more into this kind of thing. I don't know if it does it well. I don't remember. I definitely read some of them, but I did not read all of them. Yeah. But this book really just, you're just meant to, you kind of understand Lorian as like Earth, but smaller, and they have superpowers. Yeah. And this is kind of explained away by uh, something that either Henry or uh, John might actually mention this uh, as, as having been told this by Henry at some point, that Lorians used to, the Loric have been coming to Earth for many, many years and have helped basically build Earth society to an extent. You know, you know the whole. There's the whole lot of um, like ancient aliens kind of thing. It's like the Loric are the ones who have been coming and helping build the pyramids and all that. And yeah. we don't have to get into you know the the real life, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, conspiracy theories about that. But uh, that's what we're meant to understand that the Loric have worked very closely with the people of Earth, even if Earth doesn't really know that. Yeah. And so you can kind of get away with saying that, oh yeah, you know, Loric culture is just so similar to Earth because they've actually interacted with them a lot. So you don't have to do a lot of legwork to understand who the Loric people are. Right. Yeah, that's kind of explained away. Yeah. And a little annoying. And so all that to say, that's kind of why John just comes across as like any other yeah. guy. Um, and a little bit, but but at the same time, Blander, I think, than any guy. <laughs> yeah. We, we get this basic story of John going to high school in Ohio, showing up, being the new kid, and running through those basic high school plot lines of he's a new kid, he, he's trying to fit in, he, he gets bullied because uh, a nice, pretty girl talks to him, and then her ex-boyfriend is jealous, and he's the quarterback, and the ex-girlfriend is an ex-cheerleader, and she's they're popular and yeah and and it also before we get too far into like that side of things it also really feels like he is doing this for the first time even though supposedly throughout his life he's had to move constantly high school like school to school to school to school and yet like you're reading this and it, it i don't feel like it's it's a good like 
uh, this is this, even, he's not even saying like, oh, this is the same as what I've experienced or it's different from what I've experienced. It's kind of just like he's doing it for the first time and like has never experienced this kind right. of thing before. We, we don't get a feel for John as he's existed. It feels like John just kind of sprung up for the story. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Which, which is, is exactly what happened because that's how it works when you're writing a story. Yeah. Except that you do want to, usually you want to have an idea of who the character has been. And if like you say that he's moved a lot, like you want it to be clear that he has and not just like right and so you would imagine he might have other previous memories of times when he's had to, to leave friends behind people specific yeah. people that he might have fond memories of or um he might talk about wanting to have made friends here or there but being prevented by henry and while that's alluded to we don't get any concrete details about yeah that. and it's basically like this is the first time he's got to navigate a high school in right the united states and, and then, of course, very quickly, um, so but they move to Ohio. He starts going to school. He meets Sarah, who is the girl um, that he ends up falling in love with, who has the uh, football quarterback. Mark. <laughs> uh, ex-boyfriend, Mark, who is his bully, basically. Um, so you've got the bully, you've got the love interest, and then and you've I, got the friend, Sam. Yeah. I, I think one thing that we should also make clear is, like, he... he does like he is developing his alien superpowers as this is like the whole story is unfolding but he also starts out with like just a higher base of ability like he can run faster and swim faster and he's stronger and like so he's already he's already got all that advantage um over human beings and so and smarter too apparently uh, although we never get to see yeah that's not (laughs) something i remembered because you definitely don't see that but anyway i just wanted to lay that layer (laughs) then we'll come back to it but yeah so yeah you're gonna mention sam so yeah so we've got the the bully the girlfriend the friend and that's mark sarah and sam sam is the friend uh who we haven't mentioned yet so uh, sam is kind of the outcast into really into aliens really into aliens (laughs) convenient um yeah interest in aliens or inconvenient in in a sense uh and definitely uh someone who's kind of like the nerdy quiet kid that john befriends almost immediately pretty much um but aside from that you know you you don't again you don't get this i you don't get john remembering past friends he's had or past times that he's tried to make friends or past or past crushes or or past bullies and that's, that's my, that was one of the points I was going to make with bringing up his superpowers. Like when he first gets to school, I'm, and throughout this whole thing, like he's, and Mark is bullying him. He's thinking about like, I could crush you if I wanted to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, kind of like, he's never had these thoughts before, but he's always been physically capable and physically stronger, but it's just very strange to be like, okay, so you've never been bullied or, and that's fine. Maybe that was the case, but like, you've never, you've never had this thought before about being stronger like i i I don't know i i don't know it's just right and it seems like for some reason at this school he sticks out more than he has in the past which is weird because he's been they purposely moved to small places so like uh, small towns is what i mean by that because it's harder for them to blend in but that means it's harder for the Mondorians to blend in so like that way they'll know as soon as they get there is the theory so, okay, that makes sense. But, like, then you think he does have this experience, like, every time he moves to a small town is, I am, like, 
I am number four. No, um, I am the new kid and people are going to target me in some way, but it almost feels like, nope, he's always been able to blend in except for here for some reason. I don't know. Puberty. Right. Well, and that's the thing is you kind of, it's kind of indicated, I guess, that maybe he's never felt, he's never had a crush like this before. He's never been singled out by someone. He never had a pretty girl talk to him and then had her ex-boyfriend be the popular jock who bullies him like and that's why he's sticking out here okay that's fine but but it's just that's flimsy to me because i'm sure he's stuck out in other ways right and and again it's that specificity that we're missing we're missing the people and places and things that were most important to him that he's carried with him through his journey on earth that's yeah. made him who he is he just kind of has sprung up for the story and, and yeah. is existing now um, the only thing I feel felt was believable was like his his sadness about Henry at the end. Henry's the only thing that's it's understood he's been with the entire time. So yeah. like his feelings about Henry, I feel are like the most authentic that I can get behind because I'm like, yeah, obviously this is the one constant in your life since you were four. So okay, yeah, and we get some of some. Some good details with that. I would have liked more. I would have liked. Yeah. I would have liked more from both of them. Just more idiosyncrasies, more very specific, like Lorian things. Loric, yeah, Loric yeah. things that they do. Um, the one bit of culture that we get that is kind of to indicate how Lorian, Loric are different than Earth uh, people is Henry tells John that the Loric are very, I guess, monogamous is the word. Yeah, and. In a way that Earth people aren't, and it's kind of like a soulmate's mate for life kind of deal for them. So, because you know, John is having his first crush on this girl, and it's getting serious, and he's and kind he, of like. But Henry's basically like, mm, no. Yeah, Henry's kind <laughs> of like, well, but but you know what's super funny is that I guess I shouldn't really get into later books, but in later books you kind of find out that's not really true oh and that i don't remember that and that henry was just probably projecting his own experience with love because you have this oh so the one thing that we know about lore culture is like not even true yeah well and that's the thing is i don't know if if the (laughs) authors were like going to go with this as a loric trait and then backtracked for later drama and later books or if that was always going to be like henry's an unreliable narrator of his experience and the loric experience i mean that might be the case i could see that is another reason why I don't like him, but <laughs> but yeah. So so that doesn't need. That's I mean I know we got it. That, that that's not brought up to this the like second or third book or whatever. But that, so that's a piece of 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 Loric culture that's just not actually even true. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't really we don't get a feel for like the Loric people and how they're different, how they're alien. You know. It's like why make him an alien even if. Just make him like an Earth dude with superpowers who's running from some secret organization or something. Yeah. The alien part doesn't really come into it in this book. Not in the way that I think... It it does more so in later books. But again, this book is the first one. And when you're just getting into a series... it's like 441 pages long. It's a long book. Yeah. But most of the time we spend getting to know his relationship with Sarah. Kinda. And... I feel like they move very fast, and I don't get a lot of Well, that's the thing. Again, with the specificity, there's not really a lot there. There's very surface-level getting-to-know-you 
we get some character traits from from Sarah in terms of so we learn that uh, she's she's really friendly and, and outgoing and nice. She takes pictures a lot. So uh, and she's the um, daughter of the real estate agent who moved uh, Henry and John in. So that's how she kind of has an in with John. Is that she, she knows she already knew that he was there was going to be a new kid at school because her mom was the real estate agent. Yeah, so she was looking out for him, and then she said hi to him on the first day. And yeah, she seems cool. She seems really cool. Uh, one thing that's really interesting about her is that she gives this little backstory to John uh, about how she used to be before he showed up and before, you know, the past couple of years of her life where she she was a cheerleader. She was dating Mark and she found herself becoming very mean and toxic, I guess, and just falling in with the wrong crowd of people and then uh, ended up going to stay with her aunt in Colorado, I think. Yeah, for the summer. Yeah, and then she fell in love with nature and photography and basically changed her whole personality. Broke up with Mark. Quit quit cheerleading. And became just basically a nicer person. So she kind of had a... I love someone with character growth. Yeah, she... We don't get to see it, but we we know what happened. Yeah. (laughs) So she she kind of reinvented herself. And on the one... There's one level... On one level, I, I do like this detail about her. I find that very interesting. Um, even though we don't get to see it on on page, you could have a character with that who's yeah. a very self-aware, very re- self-reflective character. I just don't see why we can't have a nice cheerleader, though. Like, she yeah. could still be a cheerleader and, that's and like, the, not that's be a that's one person. of the things that, that kind of makes it feel like it almost disingenuous. Yeah, like it's very stereotypical, like, right. you know, oh, Mark's the quarterback and he's an asshole and he was dating a cheerleader who was bad, but now she turn good and she's no longer a cheerleader and like it's sports people bad which is kind of weird too because it's indicated that she's still friends with her cheer right like squad. It, so, she, so obviously they were never the issue yeah and in fact she takes them on a trip to help rebuild her aunt's um animal shelter in colorado yeah. at some point they're obviously they all all still her. very close. Yeah. And and it's indicated she's that she's nice to everyone now, whereas previously she wasn't nice to everyone. So, so it sounds like she still hangs out with Mark, even though he's an asshole. Which she's, is weird. She's basically everyone's <laughs> friend. And you know what? I can respect that in a character. If we see more conflict coming up between that character's kind attitude and the people around her right, who don't because meet that. You would think that she would have issues with Mark. And she does. I mean, she does, but, like, she still is friends with him. She'll still make excuses for him a little bit. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't even hate that necessarily, but I just think that we don't get to see enough of her have a character Yeah. to really buy that she's this person Yeah. and still a full-rounded character. It kind of just seems like she's nice because she's supposed to be because she's the love interest. Yeah. And... And you John know, loves that she's nice. Yes, and John is a bland, kind boy. And I guess he's kind. Honestly, I don't even think he is. He's kind of mean to Sam. Okay, yeah, actually, that's true. Well, let's talk about their relationship a bit. <laughs> yeah, so Sam is John's best friend, um, and but it takes them a little while to become friends. And honestly, the way, you know, because we're, we're seeing all of John's thoughts about Sam... He's really an asshole. Because as we mentioned, Sam is kind of into all the alien conspiracy theory kind of thing. And John, being that he actually is a literal literal alien. He just has like no respect for Sam. Well, he doesn't. So he doesn't want 
Sam to guess that he's an alien. So he plays it like, oh, I'm such a skeptic. Yeah, like those ridiculous alien believers kind yeah. of thing. Um, and on the one hand, I get that he's not, he doesn't want to have too many conversations about that kind of thing to keep, you know, to keep Sam from figuring out who he is. But on the other hand, he's just so mean about it. And Sam doesn't seem to care. Yeah, that's the thing is like, he really doesn't. I, I would though. And it's like, is it because John's like his only friend? Right. Cause it doesn't really seem like Sam has other friends. At all. I don't think we ever see him interact with anybody else without no, John. No. Uh, there's like a scene where, where Sam meets Henry and they talk about it because Henry's done some research into those things, obviously to keep an eye on the news to see if anyone's actually figuring out the real aliens that are on Earth. Um, and so he and Sam can banter back and forth about all the other theories out there, which there were some that were interesting. I was wondering if they pulled... Yeah, I was wondering if any of them were actually, like, real conspiracy theories, but... I'm sure. I some of them I were very up. specific. I, I feel like they probably are. Yeah. But, but yeah, so they, they have that kind of conversation. But then John will make, like, an offhand co- comment about how, oh, yeah, you know, you and Henry are both into those crazy theories, you Yeah. Know? Uh, or there's a, there's a point when... I just really didn't like the way you thought about him. Yeah, he kind of thinks about him as like, oh... Lowly human. And And I'm like, what besides your superpowers have you shown us makes you better? Right. There is this air of, oh, you know, Sam's the quiet, friendless, loser kid that I'm friends with because I'm nice. And I'm not... I'm not interested really in being friends with him. Right. I'm just yeah, I'm friends with him because I'm nice. And <laughs> good for me. And Sam is a really kick-ass friend. Sam is great. <laughs> Sam is one of the best characters in this book. I love Sam, and it's not really because he's got that much depth to his character, but like, he is loyal. He's thoughtful. He's got a little bit of a backstory. He unquestioningly one t- one night, John. Calls him out of the blue on, like, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which, mind you, Sam's family situation doesn't seem that great. He's, he lives with his mom and his stepdad, and his mom works a lot. And actually, does he have a stepdad? I don't or is that know. only in the I, movie? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he does, actually. I don't remember. I don't think... I, I think, think... I feel like there was a reference... Regardless, his home life isn't indicated to be great. We only meet his mom once. She doesn't seem very pleasant, and then she works a lot, which is probably why she's not very pleasant she's trying to support her family and yeah working a lot sucks she's a nurse um and so sam doesn't seem to have many plans involving family especially around thanksgiving but still john calls him like 5 p.m on thanksgiving and is like hey my dad is missing and i think i know where he is and I need to go get him. And Sam is just like, yeah, I'll be there in like 20 minutes. Yeah. And none of them know how to drive, but Sam is like, I'm going to drive my dad's car. He pick offers you up. up his dad who, his dad went missing. And this is why he believes in all these um, alien conspiracy theories. And this is theories. also partially why he was ready to jump in and be like, yes, I will help you find your dad. Yes, exactly. It's because he knows what that's like to have your dad go missing. Mm-hmm. And in there, in, in this case, if John knows where he is, there's something they can do about it. So yeah. his dad, Sam's dad actually went missing when he was about seven, I think, and literally just disappeared. Like fr- he went to the store and then his truck was found and his glasses, his glasses were on the were pavement found, yeah. and um, then he's just gone. And so, so Sam thinks that he's been abducted by aliens or like that. I don't know if you, 
That was his theory. I don't know if he believes that anymore, but like he still is clinging on to that, I think. Yeah. And, um, and so then that's why when John, oh, what something happens to Henry. So Henry, um, actually ends up following a lead based on some of these pamphlets that Sam gets from, uh, following a lead about the Mogadorians. Yeah. So this, this, this kind of alien conspiracy pamphlet that Sam subscribes to, he gets in the mail, uh, runs a story about Mogadorians and, um, Sam mentions it to Henry and John just offhandedly when they're talking about other alien conspiracy theories and they're like, oh my God, how did these guys know about this? So then Henry, under the pretense of being an obsessed conspiracy nerd himself, uh, requests to get a copy of the pamphlet and then he ends up following up on the lead and and tracking down the people who create it because they're actually from Ohio as well, just a couple hours away in Athens. And so he goes to check them out. um, And he's supposed to be back in time for Thanksgiving at Sarah's, which I do find it a little weird that... Sam and Henry were invited to Sarah's for Thanksgiving, but maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. John and Henry. Oh, yeah. Sam was not invited. Sam was not invited. (laughs) John and Henry were invited uh, to Thanksgiving at Sarah's. Maybe that isn't weird. I think think that's weird. I'm just projecting. Yeah, no, I don't think that's Um, weird. But, yeah, it's not weird. It was very nice of them to invite them. What is weird is that Henry would go on this quest two hours away and like think that that's the day to do it on thanksgiving on thanksgiving when we've been invited somewhere where people will miss us yeah and i i guess the other thing i thought was weird is that like they didn't seem at all like sarah's family didn't seem at all concerned by the fact that henry wasn't there and like i know that john was like oh he got tied up at work like you know i he he can't make it but like also it's thanksgiving like what is he doing you know, well, like, you know, just, uh, I don't know if I find that that strange. I mean, people do work on Thanksgiving. No, I, I know, but like, I think John was so cagey about it. I guess we're we're meant to understand he was hiding his emotions very well. Yeah, but I is, don't believe it. I I I didn't have a problem with that part, to be honest. The part that it, that is kind of drives me a little nuts is the fact that Henry would agree to go with him to Thanksgiving and then just like leave yeah i did that was really annoying <laughs> leave to investigate this thing which could turn out to be because we're meant to understand that henry's been very cautious um up to this point and always moves them at the first sign of trouble um and there's many signs of trouble in this town because john keeps sticking out yeah uh, a lot by standing up to bullies and, and using his powers a little bit and like. using yeah using his powers and such um but then now Henry's like, all right, I'm just going to drive two hours to go investigate this thing and leave my alien, like, Ward. charge yeah. <laughs> alone <laughs> when he's only just developing some powers and can't necessarily use them yet to defend himself. Yeah, so it was a questionable and I, I think, feel like out of character decision. Like, yeah. honestly, I think it's I just- think we're meant to understand that Henry is, is under some kind of pressure that he hasn't been before that he's kind of losing it a bit which is understandable okay because i i I get that i see that but because there's a letter to at the end i don't even think he read it no we don't read it so there's things we're meant to understand that are going on that john doesn't know about but he doesn't he doesn't know so much stuff that it really is kind of frustrating to just leave him without any of this knowledge yeah and so yeah so henry henry does get kidnapped and, and I think we started the, talking about this because we talked about how Sam 
was just like, yeah, let me go with you, John, to find your kidnapped yeah, dad. Yeah, I'm going to use my dad's car that's been sitting in the truck in the garage for like eight years and take it out and drive it. And also it still works totally fine, which it might. That's They did kind of like explain that away. I was still a little skeptical. but Yeah. And also these two 15-year-olds who apparently have never driven before just drove fine to Athens. Yeah, two hours. <laughs> two hours. Um Totally, totally normal. Also, I love when they do finally rescue Henry and they go back, they leave Henry's truck, right? Because, oh, the Magadorians, like, will recognize it now. But then he buys a new truck that is described as almost identical to the first one. So I'm like, what? what's the point? Yeah, that too, I don't understand either. Because then, the, then they say, oh, but it's just like, you know, any other truck that's around here, they all look the same or whatever. Yeah, and it's I'm like, like uh, eh. Okay. There's just some things that don't add up, and they seem to be explained away to be plot convenient because yeah, plot is plot. But yeah, let's talk a bit about why I felt the story was kind of slow. So we spend a lot of time, as I mentioned, in high school settings. There's basically we go through kind of the whole, well, not the whole school year, the whole first half of a school year, I think. Um, And... So we're meant to understand that in this time, John starts a new school in around October. Yes. Uh, gets a girlfriend. By before by Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, before Thanksgiving. Maybe it was September. Maybe it was. I think it was because I, I think, think the it, weather was still warm, actually. Yeah, I think they'd already started school, so it wasn't the very beginning of September. But Yeah. Um, and we end up... There's this one scene. So... Early on to when they're in Ohio, obviously because it's in October, they have there's a there's a a Halloween kind of fair, yeah, I guess. I guess like fall fall Halloween. festival yeah. sort of thing, and that scene to me goes on forever. They spend we we all walked through the entire day. Yeah, that's true. From start to finish of this fall festival, actually, yeah. That that reminds me exactly what I picked out about the writing that really drove me kind of nuts is that there's a lot of time spent just describing actions and things that happen that are not really relevant to anything. Like John will walk us through every single action he takes in a moment. And then also skip ahead sometimes and like gloss over stuff at other points, I feel. Right, in ways that don't feel... That, that they serve the story. Because a lot of times it feels like John just describing actions or things for the sake of orienting the reader, but That's it true. doesn't let us in to... The way he describes things is so just straightforward. Yeah, like I it, brush my teeth for five minutes, then I put on my sweater and notice a pull, and whatever, it's fine. And these are not real lines. I'm just, this is just the kind of thing where it's like, he'll, he's describing those, right, those things. Right, right. And it doesn't really, in a lot of cases, it doesn't do anything to either tell us more about his character and what's important to him, or tell us about things that are important for us to know. I do agree, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like a lot does happen. It starts with somebody being killed, and then he finds out about it, and then they move to Ohio, and then he starts school, he gets in a fight, his first new superpower appears and like that all happens like the first 10 20 pages i'm not saying that a lot doesn't happen in the story a lot does happen i think that's what made it feel fast to me even with the writing style where it was like okay but 
there's still, you know, in the next 10 pages, like I know there's going to be some progress, like some forward progress. I know it's, it's really not so much that it's more like it feels slow. It's not slow. Mm. It feels slow and not in a way that is interesting or serves the story in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I also, I didn't really mind it, I guess. Cause we didn't need like a step-by-step we didn't need like a step by step how long it takes for all the all the uh, ingredients and steps that it takes for him and Sarah to make pancakes. That's true. In that home was ec. that was that. Yeah. Okay. There's some kind of stuff like that where yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. It would be one thing if it was a really interesting thing, or he was picking up on noticing really interesting things about Sarah and how she worked, or, or even if he but never was, made pancakes before. Actually, that might have. He might have said he never made pancakes before, but like it wasn't in a like, oh, I'm an alien and like I don't eat pancakes kind of way. It was just like, I'm a boy who's never eaten, never made pancakes kind of way. Basically, there's just, there's too many of the wrong details, I feel, and not enough interesting descriptions to really get a better feel for the character, which lends to him just not feeling very well-rounded, not really knowing what's important to him in a scene aside from... Just that Sarah he, is Sarah important. Sarah is important yeah. to him. That's really it. Sarah and <laughs> at some point Sam. And Henry. And Henry. Henry's always pretty important. Yeah. And and Bernie Kozar. Let's talk about Bernie okay. Kozar because we haven't brought him up yet. So there's this dog who shows up in Ohio and immediately takes a liking to John. He's described as a beagle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John ends up taking him in, and Henry agrees that they can have this dog, and basically he follows him everywhere. Yeah, but this is one of the the weird things about it, is like, so he shows up and then like, really is really focused on John, and then he keeps showing up like, at the school, and like, John is like, that's weird, but doesn't go any further. And I'm like, okay, if I'm John normal kid, like, yeah, that is weird, but okay, like, what are you gonna do? If I'm John, then the alien that knows, like, alien things happen, I'm like, this is weird, and I wonder if there's something else going on. You know? But, like, John doesn't think that. He's just like, this dog seems to like me. Henry, can I have a dog? Like, even when the dog shows up at their house after being at school, like, I don't know. Which which kind of goes back to him not really knowing anything about Magadorians or Lorians. But, like, also being the, the hubris that he has to be like, oh, well... I'm an alien from the planet Lorien, and I know the Mogadorians exist, but, like, there's no way that other alien-like things could exist. Like, I don't know, you know? Like, he doesn't even think that... Yeah. It's not even about knowing Lorien culture, because Bernie Kosar is a Lorien pet, but, I don't know, think about where you came from. This dog might be from somewhere similar. I don't know if I think that... I, I think I would find it strange if I were him that this dog is following him around. But here's the thing, and this is what I wanted to bring up that I think is I think is a fault in the writing, is that, as Taylor said, it turns out that Bernie Kozar, who, by the way, uh, John names Bernie Kozar after the quarterback, who I, I think he was an actual quarterback. I think he was too, but John doesn't really know him. There's just like a poster a in post- his room, and I think his tag says Bernie Kosar. So here's the thing. we Again, John, for the whole book, thinks that this is just a stray dog that they took in, but we do learn that Bernie is actually a chimera, which is a creature from Lorien, who was actually his grandparents' pet. 
I think. I think. And, and it's he able came to with them. Yeah, he came with them on a ship to Earth. And for some reason, God knows why, Henry knew that Bernie was following them around since they left Earth, but John never was never allowed anything. to know. Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But then all of a sudden, Bernie just decides now to be a dog that lives with them instead of just a random deer or a gecko on the wall. Like, that's the things that he was before. And so now he's... But now it's okay that he is a dog who's and their we pet? Never, like, yeah, and we never have an explanation for this. No. But the other thing is, why did he have a collar when he showed up? I... And why did it say Bernie Kosar on the collar? Yeah. No. Where did he get the collar? Because if he has been following them around this whole time, and it was indicated he was the gecko on the wall in Florida in the beginning, um, John mentions before they leave Florida that there was a gecko. He used to stare at yeah. him from the wall, and he used to see it every morning. And then it's indicated that that was Bernie, or Hadley, as his Loric name was. And yet, we don't understand how he came to then have this collar that he shows up with in Ohio as if he has been owned for a long time because it's indicated to be an old collar by another person. And yeah. so that is where I'm wondering if, unless we're meant to believe that Henry staged this, this this thing where he found Bernie, put a collar on him, and then had him show up at their door, which we don't... We don't know. There's no... Yeah. There's no reason to believe that. Um, other like than also, that we know that Henry knew that what Bernie he, yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he kept some information from him, so, like, maybe, that, yeah. But, yeah, we don't know why uh, at all. And so it kind of reads as if the authors decided at the end that they wanted to make this dog actually be from Lorien and change the whole lore and then forgot to change this part in the beginning. That's, that's what kind of, it kind of feels like, which maybe there was some other thought process behind that that is not that but it's not doesn't show in the text yeah at all so that's where it, there are some parts that feel like they were just they weren't really set up on a firm foundation but they were treated as if it's a cool plot twist that we're just gonna have happen now and that's kind of like the reveal later on of bernie actually being this chimera who can shapeshift and who has actually been with john this whole time uh that's kind of how it's done is it's kind of brought up as this plot twist that wasn't really well thought out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of just feels weird and doesn't make sense. Right. And uh, it would have made more sense if Henry didn't know about it, honestly. Yes. Like, even that would have just... It would have made more sense if Henry didn't know about it. Like, if somehow this these these chimeras also got separated from them right. or something and then he and, found them again or something yeah yeah when they and got to... like oh my god and, or even if henry was like yeah you know i thought it could be him but i didn't know yeah like either that or that they just had him the whole time and knew about him the whole time yeah i don't understand why they couldn't even yeah henry does like hide weird things from john like, yeah there's there's no rhyme or reason ever so john we start to learn more about Lorian a bit when John starts getting his legacies, we didn't talk about his legacies, which we no, probably I should just have. called it like his extra his, powers. His superpowers, his his alien superpowers are called but legacies because he, he's already stronger and faster and whatever. But then he's also got these other superpowers that he starts developing on top of them. Right, and that's legacies. it's it's kind of it comes with puberty. We we are meant to understand, and um, he the first one, although it's not actually the first one he develops, we learn later for no reason. We don't know that. He can talk to animals until the very end, even though it's it's sort of foreshadowed, but it's also like, why is this a big reveal? Yeah, it 
we don't really know why they didn't tell us he could talk to animals the whole time. And that was kind of the first one he developed. Because in the beginning, he gives some some deer in the Florida Keys some carrots or something when he's saying goodbye. And he feels like something passes from the deer to him. And then he leaves and doesn't think about it again. Yeah. I feel like it was setting up the fact like Henry was getting anxious because his other legacies weren't developing after he developed the first one or what they thought was the first one, which is like he can his hands light up and he's resistant to fire. Right. The the fact that that we're meant to to feel like he's not developing his power soon enough is meant to develop a sense of tension, but it doesn't really work. It doesn't work. And then I don't does Henry even get to know that like he had this other power? I don't think so. So what happens is um I guess there's no payoff. The first power that he's aware of developing is Lumen, which is where his hands light up. And he can expand this power to become resistant to fire, basically. Some, Not internally, just, ex- just externally. externally. And which is so, pretty, pretty big. That's yeah. Pretty big. And so he also, so once he starts developing this power, um, which happens on his first day of school, which kind of sucks. <laughs> it does. Because it just it, it, he starts getting really, really sweaty, and his hands start lighting up, and he's like, like "What's happening to me?" Yeah, and, like a fever, and then passing out yeah. in a closet. Which is why, which is oh, which I guess is one of the reasons why he's not able to hide himself as much in this school as he yeah, was. Yeah, no, I, I get that, but like, it, I think I, they, I think our point still stands. Yeah, like, and I think they should have left immediately. <laughs> Yeah, they should have left immediately. I don't understand, like, why... Because, like, it would have made... It would have been, like, less conspicuous, I feel, if he showed up and then he's gone and then everyone's like, that was really weird, but I guess we'll never see that guy again and they forget about it after five minutes. Yeah, and then they move to, like, like, Canada or something. Yeah, and instead of it being like, oh, no, this is... Something weird happened to this guy and uh, he's still here and still weird. Let's inspect the fact that he's weird. Like, I don't know. It leaves him way more open to scrutiny than they want to be so anyway but yeah so he develops the lumen powers uh and at this point henry's like oh okay you're ready to learn more about your legacies and lorian so let's open up your loric chest because they've got this chest of it's kind of like a an inheritance yeah and you you understand that even if they hadn't been ex well even if they hadn't had to leave their home planet which by the way we're we're meant to understand is completely dead at this point yeah. there's no one left their families are all gone um, and they're the last ones left from their planet. So they have this lore chest that has various things from Lorian. John has no idea what's in it because he's been never waiting to open it. He's very excited about the prospect of opening it. Honestly, I was really excited too. And I feel like this chest is such a letdown. We hardly get to see anything in it. And like, it's all boring stuff. Well, because Henry is like, oh, we'll just take out one thing at a time. I won't like. And the most boring things that, you know, don't do a lot. Look, okay. I don't remember if we learn if there's good reasons for not having opened the chest. But if we do, it's not in this book. Not in this, yes, not in this book. But if I was Henry, working with the knowledge that I have of of what's going on here, I would have, like, drilled Lorian knowledge into this kid's head from the time he was little. Yeah. I would have walked him through every item in his chest because Henry doesn't have any superpowers. It's very likely... That Henry is gonna is die. Gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> like Henry will die first, and and guess what? He does. Yeah, <laughs> without having gone through all of the things in the chest with John, right? And barely telling him anything. And so there's a high likelihood that Henry will die, and John will be on his own because Henry doesn't know that he will meet up with other other 
kids they're not supposed to the, the whole reason they're separate is because once the, any of them come together the charm is broken and they yeah. can be killed in any order that the mobs yeah. want to kill them in the the charm for why, whatever reason it works in the way that it does only allows them to be killed in the order of their numbers when they're separate <laughs> basically and once they come together that's it it's broken all, for all henry knows He'll die, and John will be left with no knowledge of the items in his chest and how they can help him. And especially this is crazy, like, John didn't... I mean, sorry, Henry. Even if, like, he wanted to keep things a secret, as soon as they knew that the first three were dead and John was next, he should have been like, well, let's get out the chest. Like, let's let's go through all this shit, because, like, they're coming for you, bud. Like- yeah, because he's next. And, and Henry seems to show urgency and anxiety over this, to an appropriate degree, and yet does not act appropriately. Yeah. Does not act in a way that makes sense. Yeah. To be generous to the characters, I'm not saying the characters can't be flawed at all, but the oh, way that flawed. the story <laughs> tells it, it's almost like we're not meant to believe that they're flawed for the reasons that, that they, they are. are. Yeah. You know? Like, the, there are flaws that maybe the story leans into more than others, but... There are some that things that I would count as flaws that the story I think make, Does, makes it seem like makes it, it seem not, like is not yeah like Henry leaving out all this information yeah like Henry not telling John about anything <laughs> and and that for that reason Henry to me comes across as including his um, explanation to John about how oh us Lorians we're so devoted and we fall we don't fall in love like Earthlings we're very you know devoted and we mate for life kind of thing and. Also, everyone on the planet apparently, like, gets married and has kids between the ages of, like, 25 and 35 or something. I miss that. Yeah. It's, like, very weird. It's the small planet, apparently. It's smaller than Earth. But how small? Because it seems like they only have one culture on Lorien. Yeah. And that's Loric. And that's it. That's true. (laughs) Um, Which is not at all how Earth is. But anyway, we we don't know because we don't get to learn about it. And John does meet another he meets number six uh like towards the end and she clearly has way more knowledge than he does so right. obviously her seipan was like yeah let me tell you shit in case i die and then she did yeah so so yeah that brings us towards the end of the book um we mentioned most of the book is spent in ohio just doing regular old kids stuff and then john learning a bit about his legacies and uh what I wanted to mention when I talked about that was also that he gets to have visions when they open the chest. He has visions about oh, yeah. the last day that they spent on Lorien and how the how the invasion, basically where the Mogadorians wiped them all out, went. And so John kind of experiences memories that sometimes are his and sometimes are other people's, it seems like. Yeah, I think so. And, um, and that's not meant to be one of his powers, right? That's just something that... He can do as part of his Loric training. Yeah, I think so. It's not really clear. It's not clear. But so it, it's it's really mostly it's either that's happening or he's just kind of being a regular old teenage boy. Yeah. And then at the end, the Magadorians do catch up with them. And uh, there's like two different points where we encounter them. The first time is the time when Henry goes missing, as we mentioned, and they manage to actually rescue him and get him out of there. And they see the Mogadorians, but the Mogadorians don't see them. That was a little implausible to me. I'm yeah, be real. Because Henry, the reason, like, Henry got actually kidnapped by the, the newsletter guys who were not really, they're just regular humans yeah. who were just, like, being threatened by the Mogadorians, basically, and so kidnapped him. Um, but then, so they were able to get away from them and get away before the Mogs saw them. But then the, the second oh, time we see them. Oh, I forgot about the second power. He can levitate things. 
Oh yeah, telekinesis. I think they all. They, they I think they of, all have that, but it didn't develop right away. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he he doesn't he gets telekinesis later on too in the in the story. But yeah, the second time we see the Magadorians is the end when there's this big battle at the high school, and this is another part that is just so long. <laughs> That this is long. This is honestly my least favorite part of the book. Like you'd think that the rest of it going through all this mundane stuff would be the worst. I I didn't really feel that way because like I felt stuff happened because so much happened. I felt it like it kept me engaged. This part was so freaking long. Just this battle at the high school. And like John does describe it in excruciating detail, which you think would be good. And yet it wasn't. Yeah, no, and I will say, for my part, I'm usually not a fan of reading battles. Yeah. I do gloss over a bit with... So, I don't know if it's that the battle itself was poorly written. I wouldn't even say... I don't really think it was, actually. I wouldn't say that at all. I would say I personally found it boring. Yeah, I I think it's just like, yeah, for me, I found it boring, too. And and drawn out, and and too long. And and a lot of it is because in, in fight scenes... It's hard for me, at least, to picture what's going on. And it was also hard to keep track of where they were, because they were in the home ec room, and then they were in the... somewhere else where there was a tunnel. I think it was, like, the theater, and there was a tunnel, and then they were on the field, or they were... then they were outside. Then they were on the field, football field somehow, but I didn't understand how they got there, and then they were went back to the school. I don't know. It was it was right. It's it's keeping track of where they are. It's yeah. keeping track of who is Who's with around. Whom. Yeah, because in the battle at some point, you know, Henry's there. Um, Sam is there. Sarah's there. Mark six, is there. Six shows up, and this yeah, is when she finds up. them. And Mark is there. And uh, just a quick aside about Mark, because we didn't really talk about him much. Yeah. So Mark is the bully. He does a lot of asshole things. Uh, he puts like manure in Sam and John's lockers at some point. Um, he terrorizes them at the the Halloween festival when they go yeah. on a hayride. He kind of like kidnaps them, and because it's like a haunted hayride, and then he takes uh, Sarah and John and and tries to beat John up. But then obviously John is an alien, so he wails on him. And this is one of the first times when he uses his powers in a way that kind of <laughs> and they really should have moved after that. Like yeah, they really should have moved after yeah. that. <laughs> but um, then like. Later on, as it becomes more and more obvious throughout the book that Sarah is just not going to come back to Mark, and John stands up for himself, it seems like Mark backs off a lot and yeah. sort of starts to develop a sense of... Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, he invites them to a party that he has, and not at, not in order to hurt them and bully them, just like, I'm having just, a party, I'm inviting everybody, you guys can come too. Right, and they, they do go, even though which they're... Is, I don't know what Which I wouldn't if I were them, but, you know, whatever. And... Uh, and then at, at Mark's party, actually, I think where he has his biggest turn, because he, he kind of goes from hating John to being neutral about him to starting to basically understand that something weird is going on with this kid, but he also respects him. And yeah. that's when there's a house fire and John saves Sarah and his and Mark's dogs from the fire because they get trapped in there during the party. Because, of course, Sarah gets trapped. It's no one else. Of course, it's no, Sarah. It's, but... it's, she's very much the damsel in distress kind of yeah. character. Who, who, like, would read as, no, I'm not, I'm strong, and whatever, but is also, like, definitely not. Like, yeah. she just is. She's meant to be that because John singles her out basically as, like, his reason for fighting. The yeah. one he didn't have one before. Which, it's uh, just very cliche. It is, and also, like, I'm sorry, I, I definitely agree that, like, Henry could have instilled more, like, inspiration in you, but, like, y- you also are fighting for the... 
the survival survival of your, of your race home planet. and also yeah. like henry henry is a good reason like yeah. even though he's flawed like he kept you alive this whole time like fight for henry sarah's fine anyway so mark does come around and then it's still unclear to me exactly how he got involved in the fight and why he did end up there but he is fighting alongside them when the Mogadorians come. Yeah. And he's like... Again, he's trying. I... He, he just jumps in. And Sarah... Oh, I guess we should say, like, Ford... Or John does tell Sam that he's an alien eventually. And then... Also tells Sarah before this? Or? Yeah, and Sarah just doesn't care. Oh, yeah. Because when he saves her, like, it's very... From the fire, it's very obvious that, like, some he is not... Because he shouldn't have... He should he not have been able to be survive... Able to yeah. The the fire and the fall that he took when he jumped out of the window. So with he kind of like has to tell her that he's an alien and she's just like, okay. She's like, I'm so in love. I don't care. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And it's like, And okay. again, an opportunity for tension and interest in their relationship. It's like, yeah. I know this, this book is, it's like not a romance novel. It's not a romance centric YA novel and yet it's and yet, it, it is and yes it, 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 it kind is. of is like they yes. spend a lot of time focusing on John's feelings about Sarah and and yet there's no relationship conflict outside of oh, oh God, no. I might have to leave Sarah it's very one day. clearly a perfect relationship doesn't matter that he's an alien doesn't matter that no. and, and there's nothing wrong with a really relationship being fine and not having yeah. a lot of conflict but, but like it's just there's gotta be something she didn't even take time to process the fact that he was an alien she was just like yeah exactly what you said i'm so in love it's fine she she didn't need any kind of proof or explanations no. beyond him just saying yeah no it's just, just like I'm. okay cool oh wait there's one <laughs> it might be um oh yeah when he's telling her when she's like what did, oh what God, just yeah. happened when she's when she's when she's um when she's like shocked that he got her out of this fire and she's like, you know, what's going on? He goes, I am not who you think I am. I say, who are you? I am number four. What's that supposed to mean? It's like, yeah, yeah real. what, what is, is that, that supposed to mean? mean? Why would you Why think- is that how you decide to reveal like it doesn't make any sense i am number four and then he's it's like the sarah it's going to sound say. stupid and crazy but what i'm about to say is the truth and i'm like but you already sounded stupid and crazy when you just said i am number four and that didn't explain anything it's, else it's not like there's some kind of general knowledge of like aliens being numbered and right like <laughs> yeah if there was then uh, that would actually make like, for a cool premise if there was like, like a news story where it's like there are these loric aliens and they they're numbered one to nine <laughs> or what if it was just like well known like this is an alien race established like they're among us and you know it's a it's a whole like theory i don't know that everyone knows or just like and then like so then if she he says i am number four she's like no way you're number four. Oh my god right like there's but, no there's no if someone says no that to me i'm just like what what it was oh my god i was like dude it that has to be okay this is not like a bad book i will say i think we're we're like kind of tearing into it a little bit that was the worst part that was the worst writing yeah i i was i was floored it, it's an example that i, I think is a, an example of a few other times that this kind of thing happens in the book where it's 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 kind of a, like the writers were imagining this as a movie you know? Yeah. And, and hitting certain cliche, like, movie scene beats. Yeah. And this was one of them, where you have a character, even though it wouldn't make sense even if it wasn't a movie, 
it just feels like a scene that you would have in a movie where a character yeah, just dramatically is like, I am number four. You know what I'm, I'm saying? sure he does that in the movie. And we have to go back and watch the movie. Yeah. Which actually, I, I enjoyed the movie more, I think, in my memory. <laughs> well, because Timothy Oliphant plays Henry, so, you know. Uh, uh, that wasn't... See, I don't like I didn't like Henry in any iteration, but I don't remember the movie that well. Anyway, um, but anyway, I think we were we were originally going to talk about Mark. Oh, we got well, we were originally talking about the end battle, and then we were talking about Mark because Mark is there and fighting with them somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's just get back to the end battle because I I mean there's or we could wrap up Mark, which is to say, he had some character development. I don't think it was done super clearly but it was no there. i liked him i liked the idea of him yeah yeah um but that's really it yeah but yeah so the the battle at the end as we mentioned six shows up uh and she's been tracking john because she lost her safe about three years ago and she's been alone so she's been ready to basically break this charm and get the gang together uh because kind of, I mean, they've already lost three of them, and they almost lost John in this yes. in this case. So she's like, let's just break this this yeah. charm and hope that the rest of the the numbers are gonna be able to make it while we track them down. So she shows up at the school when the Mogs show up because the Mogadorians also saw the same thing that she did. They, there's a video of John saving Sarah from the fire. From the fire. So that's when. Um, every, you know, the shit, shit goes down and they find, uh, John at the school and everything. And so she is automatically kind of cool. She yeah, she's fine. She's kind of like, you could tell there's an interesting character there. Yeah. So even though we don't get a lot with her, um, she, you could tell she's a really, she's a fighter. Like she's a, a warrior kind mm -hmm. of yeah. personality. I think she's like a year older than John maybe. And so she's come into her powers yeah, so Already. she's, like, good to go. Yeah, and she can turn invisible and stuff, which is... It's it almost seems to me like she is just a stronger version of Sarah, honestly. I didn't really get a lot of difference between no, the two of them. No, they're very different. I think Sarah is, like, a kind-hearted, innocent soul. Like, she's got that vibe. And... Six is, like, hardened warrior. No, I definitely think that's true. I just felt like Six is, like, what Sarah would be if Sarah were Six. I don't know. That was just the vibe I got. Uh, I didn't... I don't think I felt that way. But regardless, I think she's a bit of... She's an interesting character. She's got, like, a bloodlust kind of yeah. thing going on. She's very... Uh, she's very motivated to, to kill the Mogadorians, which... We didn't talk too much about them, but we don't really know that much about their no, culture, I, other than that they're they destroyed quote their planet evil because they're they destroyed their planet. They they destroyed Lorien, and now they're trying to destroy Earth because it was Earth basically has, by using the resources. Like yeah. is how they were destroying. There there's like a subtle, not so subtle, brief undertone of like global warming is bad. Um, and just, like, really brief parts of it. But, like, yeah, the basic thing is, like, the Mogadorians destroyed their planet by using its resources, didn't pay attention to the warning signs, then invaded Lorien to get the resources there, completely destroyed it, and, like, now they want to do the same thing uh, in Earth, or on Earth. But, like, what's not clear to me is why they, like, so quickly took over Lorien and then, like, don't feel like they can so quickly take over Earth. Like, they're just biding their time and hunting down these yeah. kids. Because Earth doesn't even have super-powered people. Right. Like, Earth is 
It's, I mean, I think maybe it's bigger, and so maybe that's why, but, like, yeah. it's unclear. It's unclear. It's, it's, it's really weird. And, well, that's the thing, though, is I think we might be meant to understand that there's something more to it. There's something that John doesn't, well, John doesn't know a lot yeah, of John things. John doesn't know anything. So there, by so, extension, we don't really know anything. I think, I think we, we are meant to understand that there's, there's, there are things behind the attack mm-hmm. that don't add up. And I think that is indicated True. Um, there's also, in those visions that John had, he seems to mention that there's an animosity in the Magadorians that he hadn't expected because he assumed that they just took over because right, of the right, resources, right. but it seems like they actually have some kind of grudge. Or So this might be where something where you want to read the sequels and then tell us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've read the sequels. I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember them. Not either. all of them. I actually did, I did look up a little bit about some of the... Well, I'm trying plot. to get our... our, our listeners engage so oh yeah read the sequels if, and then tell us what's in them or if you've already read them <laughs> or if you've already read them please tell us what's in them uh yeah because because well because there's obviously a lot of lore here that we don't have and i i do think that some of it does come up in later books it's really just about feeling out whether things feel well set up in this one or not. As a first novel, I do think it's kind of weak in establishing. Yeah, I mean, like, there's cool stuff where I'm like, yeah, I want to know more. It's just a matter of, like, actually getting to that point, and I I didn't. But yeah, so in the Mogadorians, too, like, we get indications that some of them look not human, but some of them look almost more human. human. Yeah. yeah. There's the scouts and the... Soldiers? Soldiers, yeah. Yeah. Um... And they use some kind of, like, energy weapons and cursed swords and things like that. Yes. But we and don't get any these, characterizations like, really for any gross, of them. Like, animals. animals. Yeah. So, it also kind of, like, uh, it rubs me the wrong way that the very the very human-looking Lorians are the quote-unquote good aliens, and the less human-looking Magadorians are the quote-unquote bad aliens. And they're just bad for bad sake, like you said. They're not really... Right, which again, uh, might be fleshed out a bit differently in later yeah. stories, but it, it's not even... Obviously on paper, it's like, yes, killing, committing like planet-wide genocide Pretty bad. is bad. However, we also have to understand that every conflict is complex and i'm sure there are many mogadorians who exist back on mogador who aren't committing you know planet-wide genocide i think because they really do make it sound like all of the mogadorians are just right we don't know anything about their culture no. or what and yet. it seems like the only ones that we see are male like right yeah we don't know, we anything, don't know about, anything about like about... their gender structures like no. they're just coded male and that's not, it. another thing uh just in general about this book and it's going to be a lot of the books that we're reading because a lot of the books we're reading are from like late '90s, early 2000s era. It's just very heterosexual, heteronormative, very yeah, yeah, not very diverse, very white. I mean, very white. every character in yeah. this is white, except some of the. I think um, I think six ha- is indicated to be like olive skinned and dark haired in the book, not in the movie, but in the book, which indicates that Lorians have varied skin tones, and I think some of yeah. the other characters the other numbers kind of have varied features but like culturally it's it's very white yeah (laughs) very white american uh so you know so again we don't get a lot of um different cultures on earth let alone you know alien alien cultures at least like my god we're you'd think there'd be some you'd think there would be more cultural something yeah but 
yeah, again, it is, it is the first book and there's definitely a lot of stuff you don't know and that's fine. It's, it's something, I seem to recall that I found some of the other numbers, the other characters that mm-hmm. we meet, aside more from John's, more interesting, more unique. That more might have been developed. the case. See, this is the only one I read multiple times. I didn't read any of the other. I think I read two books after this. I don't... Yeah. I, I I remember enough to know who my favorites were. And I know Nine was... Nine was a favorite of mine. I'm pretty sure Nine is kind of an asshole. But I feel like that makes him more interesting than... Didn't remember Nine was a guy. John. Nine, Nine also has like a... They all have really tragic backstories. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because the, <laughs> their whole planet was wiped out. And that's why they traveled to earth the way they did it seems like john actually manages to have the most normal upbringing upbringing until up until his like he's like well maybe that is a reason for henry keeping him in the dark i guess yeah. trying to give him a normal life on earth even while emphasizing that except that your purpose is to save Lorian. yeah henry definitely gave him a more normal life than some of the other safe and see this there's so many interesting conversations we could have if we bring in the other stories it's just, obviously, we don't have time for that no. right now. But, yeah, the, basically the, the book ends with Henry dying in the battle. Um, John being able to talk to a Mogadorian animal and keep it from, like, killing him and actually take out the Mogadorians itself. Because apparently it's, like, he can read its thoughts and finds out that it's been, like, tortured by them and basically bred to kill and so he has an easy time just being like, look, here's what I've experienced because of the Mogadorians. And we're on the same side. Kill them. And then it does. But, like, earlier he met a different Mogadorian animal that, like, seemed, didn't seem to have that experience at all. Like, it was just, like, you are my enemy and I'm going to kill you. And there was no sign of, like, yeah, I've been tortured and this is hard for me. I don't know. It was... I yeah. thought it was a little strange. Or maybe just John hadn't delved that deep into the animal psyche. I don't know. But he did say it looked even different. Like, it was like, this one looked more tortured or something. And I was like, okay, so why is that one more tortured than the other one? Like, what? Anyway, I don't know. It just, it, I can't exactly describe it, but it struck me as, like, a little off. Yeah. I, I kind of don't hate the concept, though. No, him, I don't. I don't. Of him, I, like, uh, talking, befriending this animal... That's and literally the only way that they could have lived. Like, yeah. if they got out of it any other way, it wouldn't have made sense. It yeah. was a little convenient. It was. But, but it was they, interesting. They I think could, yeah. with better everything, it could have been a pretty impactful scene. Yeah. Um, and I didn't hate it as, as a... It was a creative way to get them out of the situation yes. they were in. Yeah. And I don't think that they could have gotten out of it any, any other way. Yeah. <clears throat> but, so yeah. So we end with John, Bernie Kozar, slash Hadley... Six, uh, all very, very badly injured with Sam, Mark, and Sarah having managed to be fine, be fine, escape mostly unscathed. But just because they were hiding in the Mogadorians, like, didn't care about them. Yeah, but they actually ended up getting a few kills in there. They did, which we don't explore the impact on their psyches at all. No, not really. So we get um, a very emotional goodbye with Sarah, a very emotional goodbye with Henry because Henry's dead. And yeah, and John is sad. John cries. And I like the fact that he cries. Like, yeah. I appreciate the fact that he actually cries and, like, cries in front of John and, I mean, Mark. And, like, no one is, 
like, oh my god, you're crying. And he doesn't even think, oh my god, I'm crying. He's just like, no, this is fucking sad. I'm gonna cry. So I feel like that's the one place where John didn't really exhibit some of that traditional toxic masculinity. No, we get some like um, some genuine depth of emotion and expression of emotion. Which makes sense, because again, Henry's been his father figure, and now he's gone. Yeah. And also, even if he weren't sad about that, which I don't know why he wouldn't be, but like, even if he weren't sad about that, now he's basically on his own, even though he's got like six and stuff like he's still kind of like more on his own than he ever was so right and and so what ends up happening is they say goodbye to mark and sarah and six sam and four decide to set off and find the rest oh, of the yeah, numbers for some reason so here's sam gets to go here's the thing okay i was under the impression spoilers for the subsequent books so i'm just gonna say that right now this is something i remember from the subsequent books and i want to bring it up here but if you don't just skip it's gonna ahead. be a spoiler for me too, everybody. So Sam's dad. This is sort of lightly implied, but you don't really you don't get I you don't get into it in this book. Sam's dad actually was one of or the person who met the Lorian Lorians when they came to Earth. Oh, so yeah. Sam's dad was actually involved in this whole thing, and that's why he went missing. He was taken, I'm pretty sure, by the Magadorians. And so I had thought that I'm pretty sure Henry's letter will indicate something like that, but we didn't get to read the letter. I had thought that they did because no, that, that would inspire Sam to that. It would make sense that Sam would then go with them. Yes. To find his father. And that might even be something that they put in the movie. I'm not sure. It's possible. But regardless. It didn't really make sense in the book why Sam was I was them. waiting the whole time to find out that Sam's father was involved with this so that it would makes sense when Sam left with them and that didn't happen. And I was really surprised Yeah, because that's something we definitely find out at least in the next books that, that, that Sam's dad was involved and may or may not still be out there. Yeah. The last thing I think we want to cover is just let's circle back to the author. Yes. Pitticus lore. So, uh, yes, this book was written by Pitticus lore who, and you find this out like not too far into the book, like maybe in the first third. Yes is the name of one of the... Like the main elder of Lorien. Yeah, so the Lorik had several elders who were their kind of leaders, and Pitticus Lore was one of them. And so it's kind of a cute little, oh, this book was written by the Lorians. It's, it's act, they're, they're really out there, you know? Yeah. This is them telling their story, and Pitticus Lore wrote it. So, Which, like, doesn't make sense. That is where I... It begs the question, why is this written in, in first, first person, person present Yes. Is <laughs> it can Pitticus Lord just, like, tap into the psyches of, like, the, the of the numbers and, like, just, just be able to narrate, like, what... And, yeah, just be able to see what's going on and therefore narrate, like... <laughs> yeah, so, because... The actual author's name is Joby Hughes. And actually, I think there um, there are actually a couple authors uh, associated oh. with the name Pitticus Lore. Um, but for a long time, I don't think that they even um, revealed who they were. Yeah. Uh, which, again, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're making fun of these actual aliens series. out there yeah. <laughs> who are telling their... But yeah, right. Can Pitticus Lore, like, see through their eyes? and Or are we meant to understand that... Like, so I actually, I read, it, I read an interview with Pitticus Lore because ah. I had to look this up a bit because I was very curious... And so, like, HarperCollins has a little article that they did where they're interviewing the, you know, the, the secretive alien author, Pitticus Lore. That's funny. And 
one of the things that is brought up is that they, they're writing about true events that um, they're about a year ahead of the... So so when the book comes out, basically we're meant to understand the events of the book happened like a year before. Okay. So like a year or two behind the events that are happening. And how? Because Pitica's lore, as far as we know, spoilers for the next couple books, like they don't meet him. Yeah. So like how does he... So are we meant to understand... And if it's the characters themselves who are writing under this pen name, right? Yeah. Like, maybe it's, like, John telling his own story. Right, right, right. But if it's, like, a year, that, that then we would see in the books them writing the story, and I don't recall that being a thing. Yeah. So I just question... Oh, John it. actually think, does talk about writing in a journal. He does talk about writing in a journal. That's true. Oh, okay. So maybe that... I don't remember it coming up again. I... But yeah. maybe... I don't know. I know we're digging a little bit too far into maybe what's just a cute kind of... Because I think it's cute. I like that, writing uh, writing a book and and having the author be technically a character from the book. Um, But yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I would prefer if it was not in first... Even if it's in first person, because even if maybe we end up finding out that it's the characters themselves who are writing the stories, why not first person past tense? Why not have it be reflective? Yeah. And when it, if it's reflective... That would make a little bit more sense. You can have a little bit more uh, of a retrospective look, and, and maybe you get more of the character's personality that comes through, especially when you have a character who has so little personality as John. which I don't know if you started reading. I started reading the um, little excerpt of the next book. Oh, I didn't. The end. And already, it's from the perspective of a different number... And already I'm like, this is a much more interesting uh, character. Oh, maybe. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Now I kind of want to read the rest of them. Because I think, so I think there's five main books. And then they have a bunch of like mini ones too. Yeah. Um, but the five main books are I Am Number Four, The Power of Six, The Revenge of Seven. And I think, I, I know I read The Power of Six. I think I read The Revenge of Seven. Then Fugitive Six then the next one's Fugitive Six, and then the last one is Return to Zero. No, that's not. That's not right. I don't, I think those might be the, the some of the mini. There's so many. Oh my god. Yeah. I, no, it's actually uh like the rise of okay, the fall of five, the rise of oh, nine. The fall of five. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Oh god. Just kidding. I. Wait, it's on. really hard. We're trying to Google this right now. It's actually really hard. Um to figure out like what is the order and what belongs to what okay oh i so guys so we never read novels, the revenge of seven this yeah. makes so much more sense okay yeah the main novels are are i am number four the power of six the rise of nine the fall of five the revenge of seven the fate of ten and united as one i'm pretty sure i read at least the first three maybe the I first four i think i read the first three I don't know if I read Actually, I think I Wow, they came out in 2009, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. Yeah. That's pretty consistent. And I'm pretty sure... So there's... Aside from the novellas, I'm pretty sure there's a spinoff series set after this one. Yeah. I think I saw that when you were Googling it. Yeah. Anyway, now I kind of want to keep reading these all. Because I, I think just to, like, circle back and close the loop on everything, like... I think a lot of this made it sound like we didn't like this book and it was bad. I don't think that's the case for either of us. I actually do like this book and I've read it many times and like, I don't, there's issues with it, but I enjoy it. Like it's one of those books where I really felt like I've outgrown this as I was reading it. Yeah. Which I don't always feel um, like 
for example, with Lily's ghost, which we just yeah. talked about, I don't really feel like I've outgrown that story, you know? Yeah. I and feel like I can appreciate it as it is. I think it's really just with this, the 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 plot holes and the, the gaps in the writing and the writing style itself feel so amateur that it's distracting to me mm. more so than it would have been when I was younger. And, and I, it's not necessarily a bad story by any means. It's just lacking in some ways that I can't really engage with as much as I could have. Like, I can't ignore it the yeah. way I used to. And I actually want to contrast this with contrast this with the first book that we read, which, why am I forgetting the name? Beautiful Creatures. Beautiful Creatures. Um, because both of these are books that have a lot in them and a lot going on, but are also so super different. We're like... This, this is a lot going on and a lot happens, but also, like, nothing. Yeah. It's got a lot of, like, it lacks some substance. Whereas, like, the other one, we could spend... I mean, I'm sure we could keep talking about this book, too. But, like, we could spend so much time talking about just beautiful creatures. And, like, I think every time I'd read that, I would get something new out of it. Where So, like, I don't feel like I've outgrown it in the same way. Yeah. Where, like... This I don't think I'm going to get anything out of if I ever read it again. Other than it's something I'm going to just read right. quickly to enjoy and just like not think about it too hard. There's nothing to really dig into. And I, I do feel like in the later books, there's probably more lore wise to dig into. Yeah, which I, why I kind of want to read this because I am interested in the lore. <laughs> thematically and lore wise, the first book, just there's not a lot there. So again, I don't really know why I read it as many times as I did. Maybe I kept hoping that I was going to get more out of it than yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, I think I, I looked up briefly online. It seems like there are some people who um, kind of formed a little fandom around this. And uh, they, I think with the other books, when you get to know all the other numbers, there's a cute potential for lots of different character interactions yeah. and dynamics that I think lend to that. And I think yeah. that's what it really appeals to me. And, and that's why I would be interested in continuing to read this, even though I feel like I am number four is... Yeah. And I remember getting the feeling as I was reading that I was more interested in the characters, but less interested in the plot as I went. Mm. And I did kind of... When I was younger, I felt a bit like I started to feel the plot really starting to fall apart and just feel like there was no plan. Oh, interesting. I don't. But I yet, literally don't remember them basically at all. But besides yet, this one, right? Yeah, I I remember that feeling. I don't remember all the details. Mm -hmm. But yet again, there was that heart in these individual characters, and seeing them come together was really interesting. So there's some there's stuff there, and so maybe we will continue yeah, to read this and maybe check out the other books and yeah again and all three of our listeners if, if you have any uh any insight or input you want to add feelings about the story let us know yeah in, in the comment section on whatever you're listening to i don't know if spotify has a comment section but i i don't i'm sure there's some way you can Leave you feedback. can you can leave a you can like leave a star rating on Spotify. Oh. We have a YouTube channel actually. We're yeah. posting them on YouTube too. So if you want to leave a comment, read and repeat on YouTube. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty new, so uh, you might have some trouble finding it. But if you can and you want to comment, it's there. It's there. <laughs> um, any final thoughts on I am number four? Nah, just I I feel like we were a little critical throughout this whole I thing. Think we were, and I just want to say anytime we're critical. And maybe we we get a little over analytical about these stories. Uh, I just always want to come back to the fact that I I'm really happy that all these stories exist because then we yes. get to talk about them. Yeah, you know, and like for all the faults, there's also enjoyable things, and it's just a good read. You know, there's yeah. not a you also don't have to think too hard about it. Yeah, if you don't want to. Yeah, or you can. So. 
It's uh, up to you. So yeah. So I hope that you enjoyed this if you've gotten all the way to the end. And yeah, feel a- free to leave some comments, give us some feedback, let us know what happens in the rest of these books. And let us know if you want to hear more about the Lorian legacies. Yeah. We'll read them if you want. All right. Till next well, time. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>